Good morning, fellowship. If you're joining us here in person or online, I want to welcome you this morning. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad that we're worshiping together. If you're able to, would you stand with me as we sing to Christ our only hope? Thank you. 
Good morning, fellowship. Oh, man, what an energetic group. How many of y'all had a great Christmas? Let me see a show of hands. Because of the mask, we can't see uh, facial expressions there. All right, how many of y'all are just glad it's over? One hand. Wow, just like one hand, man. My wife and I, we get to this point, and we're just almost exhausted and we're just ready to rest because we just celebrated Christmas after Christmas after Christmas. Different groups coming together. The stress, are they going to like this gift? Are they not going to like this gift? When we get to this point, we're just ready to relax. But sadly, for many people, it's difficult to celebrate the holidays. And it's because we've lost somebody that's very close to us. And uh, somebody who's been a part of our family and a part of the tradition for years and years and years. And if that describes you, fellowship is starting a group for grief share. And so if you've lost somebody who's really close to you and you just haven't been able to get over it, if you haven't been able to process it, uh, a group is being formed for you. And I'm just asking you, don't walk through this alone. Don't walk through this alone. And in about two weeks, this group will be forming as a 13-week group just to just to help you go through this and process uh, your loss. You know, a few years ago, I had the honor to officiate uh, a wedding. And I remember when the, uh, the wedding was over, there was this guy just kind of standing to the side, and I could tell that he, he wanted to talk to me. And uh, just being totally transparent, just to show you um, just what a sinner I am, I was sitting there thinking in my mind, I bet he wants to come up and say what a great job I did for the ceremony. And just being totally transparent, that's what I thought. And he walked up to me, and he didn't say that. But what he said was much better. He said, hey, he goes, aren't you a pastor at Fellowship Bible Church? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, hey, whoever you can tell this, I want you to pass this message on. That Celebrate Recovery is a ministry that changes lives. And I'm proof of it. And it was much better than a good job that I could have gotten. And I'm telling you, Celebrate Recovery is a ministry, and we hear it over and over again, that changes lives. And so if you're somebody who's just sitting out there and just thinking about your own personal life and just thinking, Man, I just need a change. In 2021, I just need a change. I want to encourage you, become a part of Celebrate Recovery. And for New Year's Eve, they're having a special service uh, they're, they're changing the time a little bit. 6.30 is a worship time, and I heard it's just a special service, and it would just be a great thing to kick off this new year. Finally, one more thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's something that you're probably going to see and just go, oh, my gosh, are they ever going to stop talking about this? Well, this is the last announcement. It's something that we call the gift. It's the end-of-the-year giving and I'm a part of the global outreach team, and this is one of my favorite times of year because let me tell you how the gift blesses some of the people that we work with. We ask our global workers, we say, hey, is there anything that's going on out there in the world, any type of project that has come up or an opportunity that's come up unexpectedly that we can help bless you? And we've seen it year after year Gift money has been used to take the gospel into areas that has not been taken before. 
Several years ago, there was a, a, a very big earthquake in one of the countries that we have our global workers, and through the gift, we were able to purchase motorcycles and aid to go into areas of the country that the government hadn't even been able to get to. And not only did they take the aid, but they took the message of the gospel. Last year, we were able to, to fund an office building in a closed country that was used literally every night of the week, either for Bible studies or to train up local leaders to go and reach the unreached in their country. You help fund fellowship, you help fund a church remodel in Japan that I got to see for my own eyes that is reaching one of the largest unreached people groups in the entire world. And so that's what the gift is. It is getting the gospel into areas into projects that are just kind of unexpected that, that we just see God open up a door and we say, hey, can we come alongside you and bless you? And so I encourage you, uh, our elders ultimately decide where the money goes, but I encourage you at the end of this year, uh, please just give to the gift. It really does change lives. Hey, will you pray with me? Dear God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you, dear Lord, that, man, when we said, did you have a good Christmas? All the hands shot up, dear Lord. And we have a good Christmas, not because of the gifts that we get, dear Lord, but because of the gift that you gave us through your son, Jesus Christ. And God, may we never lose sight of that. And God, I pray for this next year, 2021, we could use a year of change, dear God. And I pray everybody here in this room, if there's one change to happen, would be that they grow closer to you. In your name I pray, amen. among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son came from the Father, full of grace and truth. As we've celebrated Christmas, we've celebrated this mystery that the Word of God, the second person of the Trinity, entered our world for our sake. So would you stand with me as we sing?
salvation according to your promise then I can answer anyone who taunts me for I trust in your word never take your word of truth from my mouth for I have put my hope in your laws I will always obey your law forever and ever I will walk about in freedom for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to shame. For I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. of his decrees, of his word that is true.
You are the word of God taking on flesh. God, as we prepare our hearts to hear from your word, would you teach us this morning? Teach us from your word. Renew us with your word. Wash us in your word. We ask in your precious name. Well, good morning, church family. Yes, I like to hear that. Hey, Clark here. So grateful to be with you today on this last Sunday of 2020. We made it. Did it feel like we weren't going to make it for a while to the end of this year? I know some of you have felt that and, and you're ready to move on to 2021 uh, now. And I, I've got a question for you. And I've been uh, pondering this in my time with God and in my interactions with many of you. And I wanted us to take some time and reflect on an idea um, to kind of bring a close to this year, but also to consider a, a challenge for you, for me, uh, for 2021. And my question for you is, who has been your loudest voice in 2020? Or, or maybe better stated, what has been the loudest voice in your life in 2020? It seems as though that the loudest voice has won the day, depending on what day it is in 2020. Uh, who or what's been the loudest voice in your life this year? Uh, for some of us, it's been some form of our social media feed. That's not necessarily good or bad, but it's the first thing that we see, and it's the first thing early in the day that we may respond to be it on Twitter, uh, be it on Facebook. Uh, maybe some of you have your favorite YouTuber uh, that you follow. Maybe that's been the loudest voice in your life, if you will. For some of you, it was just a good book that you read. Uh, I met with a, a guy earlier in the year, and he had just finished a book, and it wasn't necessarily a Christian book, but he said, everyone should read this book. It's one of those allness statements that we all tend to make after we finish a great book. Everyone should read this book. That book was likely one of the louder voices in his life in 2020. Maybe it's your favorite podcast. I know I have eight to ten podcasts that I listen to, and they are a loud voice in my life. Uh, for some of you, maybe it's your favorite news channel. Um, for some of you, it's a loud emotion. And that's the loudest voice in your life, and it's coming from within your heart or within your mind. And maybe for some of you, the loudest voice in your life this year has been fear. Is that fair? Fear of the unknown. For some of you, that emotion has been anxiety, a sense of being torn on different issues that we've navigated together as a church and in our community of faith. Uh, for some of you, the loudest voice in your life has been worry or maybe uh, anger. Maybe that's been a loud voice for you this year. For some of us, a besetting sin, a sin that hovers. And it seems to always settle in. It becomes a false savior that you run to. When that loudest voice is screaming, you run to this besetting sin for cover. And for some of us, our loudest voice in 2020 has been the past. 
It's a past phrase or past words that were said by someone that you care about that hurts you. And you wake up every day and those words are hovering, reminding you, and some of us in the room reminding us that you're never going to be good enough. And that's the loudest voice in your mind when you stare down your day and it drives you to be better, to be something that maybe you don't know who you're becoming, but you're haunted by past words, or for some of you, it's just simply the loudest voice in your life have been texts from your supervisor, and you lived in a constant state of reaction in 2020. Well, I want to write our path this morning uh, for you, for me, but for those watching on our live stream, and I want to remind us of what could and what should be the loudest voice in our life as we stare down 2021. And I want to point us to the words of God, to the very words of God, and remind us that regardless of the input of information that you have of a relationship or words that Satan tempts you to believe lies by yourself or things that you tend to drift to when you need encouragement, I want to point us to the one thing, to the one, the very true words of God that should provide a place of comfort, that should provide uh, what we might call a plumb line of truth that we can bank on in 2021. And so we're going to take a few minutes and just look at Psalm 119 together. A few facts about Psalm 119, just so you know. It's the longest Verses there, and we're not going to read them all, okay? I'm going to save you guys from that. It's 176 uh, verses there. 22 stanzas, eight verses each. Uh, they're written in an acrostic form using the Hebrew alphabet, likely to help people memorize it. If you were a Jew or a Hebrew, there's a reference to God's word in all but five verses, of these 176 verses, all but 14 personally address God. They're literally a prayer, reminding God as if he needs reminded about the greatness and the, uh, the true nature of his word and his character. There are 10 synonyms that are used for God's word here. Uh, words like commandments, rules, decrees, counselors, promises, law, testimony, statutes, precepts. And may I remind you that the psalmist is, that the author here, when he's speaking of the greatness of God's word, he's likely referring to the Pentateuch, the first five books of our Bible. I know many of you probably haven't experienced that if you worked through your one-year Bible and you found yourself in Leviticus, right? But he speaks of the greatness of God's word as God's word provides protection for the psalmist in times of need. In Psalm 119, we see that God is worthy of who he is in his word. It reveals his character. We see God being noted for being sure, for being firm, forever, light, for being right, reliable, wonderful, true. We see God in Psalm 119. He's worthy because of what he does with his word. Um, in his word, 
We see him support, protect, calm. He makes wise. He upholds. He helps his children. He clarifies. He teaches. He leads or he guides. And then this is one of the more interesting things about Psalm 119 to me, that God is worthy of an appropriate response to his word. There are 21 different ways that we as followers of Jesus can respond to the very words of God. 21 different ways that we can respond uh, to God's word. I won't mention them all, but we can remember them. We can teach them. We can store them in our heart. We can speak them, guard, use God's word to guard our hearts. We can observe them, believe them, declare them, meditate on them, consider them, love them. The very words of God. And just a few highlights um, from Psalm 119 that I think for a man in our society really spoke to me, and I wanted to note just a few of those highlights. Um, In verse 11, I have stored your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. One of the things that God's word does for us is it helps us fight sin in our life. In verse 20, my soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. If it was a male who wrote this, it's interesting words for a male, right? My soul is consumed with longing. The psalmist has this emotive longing, this consuming desire to take in the word of God. Verse 71, it is good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. The psalmist leads into this idea of I need perspective in suffering, and your word will give that to me. In Psalm 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The psalmist Um, highlights and prioritizes God's word over the very hedonistic desires or or natural pleasures even that God has given us. Um, Taste and hunger and sweetness. He longs for them like you would long for your favorite pie that maybe some of you have had the the last few days. He longs for them more than food. And then finally, another highlight for me in Psalm 136, my eyes shed streams of tears because people... Do not keep your law. Um, The psalmist would experience brokenness over sin on behalf of others because of the goodness and the rightness that's found in this book, the words of God. But I wanted to lift our eyes up and lift our voices up and remind us of other ways that God's word in 2021 can be our loudest Voice, And so we're going to walk through some of these together. And so you can snapshot them with your phone on the screen. You can make a note in your notes here. I'm going to have the verses on the screen. But these are ways that the Word of God can be the loudest voice in our life in 2021. In verse 15, uh, the psalmist uh, says this. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. There's a sense that when we let God's word become our focus, we have a renewed focus. There's a sharpening, if you will, and the psalmist finds focus in his life through meditation on God's word. Yesterday morning, I was uh, reflecting on 2020, and I had a sense in my spirit that I need a renewed focus, that I'd become distracted with some things, and I'd begin to put those distractions on paper and begin to renew myself with the word of God. It's a great verse as we stare down 2021. Uh, Verse 23, 
Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. The psalmist, the writer here, seems to find refuge. Most likely they're planning his demise or they're saying things that are slanderous towards them. And some of you have felt that this year. Things were said about you that were untrue or taken out of context. The psalmist seems to find refuge when slandered by meditating on the word of God. Verse 27, make me understand the way of your precepts and I will meditate on your wondrous works. Uh, There's a sense that here in verse 27 uh, that God's word provides us an environment to worship God. It allows us to engage in worship of the creator. Verse 48, I will lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. There's this, this visible representation that's happening in the psalmist's heart through the lifting of hands. It's a sign of passion or expression of joy because of the goodness of God's word and the rightness of it. And so there's a sense that there's passion that's ignited. And some of us, some of you, maybe you've lost your passion for the word of God this year. It needs to be reignited. I know I needed this verse. Some 15 years ago, I was going through a season in my spiritual life where for about a two-year window, the words in this book were primarily black and red ink on white paper. Didn't feel anything necessarily. My emotions had drifted. I'd become numb. And I remember talking with the Lord and saying, God, I, I don't feel anything right now. I believe your word is true. I'm gonna continue to read it. I'm gonna continue to make deposits with it into my heart, my mind. I wanna trust that you are there and you're true. I lacked passion. I needed to claim by faith that his word was true and the Lord brought me out of that dry season. Some of you have felt that numbness or that lack of emotion this year. Verse 78 Very interesting psalm here. You would be careful how you pray this one. Let the insolent be put to shame because they've wronged me with falsehood. But as for me, I will meditate on your precepts. And the psalmist seems to displace his anger, or maybe better said, to put vengeance in its right place or anger in its right place. I know I've been tempted in 2020 to take matters into my own hands and and input my opinion when I knew or thought that I was right on a certain thing. And it was usually rooted in a reaction or response of anger because of an injustice that had been done. The psalmist seems here to put anger where it belongs and let God in his righteous anger and justice and being our righteous judge to handle that emotion for us. And so he manages his vengeance or anger through The word of God. Verse 97, oh, how I love your law is my meditation all the day. There's a sense that the word of God became the psalmist's daily default. And so I don't know what your daily default is. Maybe you have two or three things that you default to every day to cope with what is your existence and how you navigate life. But for sure, the psalmist here defaulted to the word of God, and joy seemed to overflow as he meditated on the word of God. A few more here, Psalm 99, Psalm 119, 99. 
I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. It, it seems as though if you want to grow in wisdom and understand how to take the Word of God and apply it to everyday life, meditation on the Word of God is the answer here. Um, he even notes here that his wisdom was greater than his teacher's because it came from the original teacher, the true teacher from the book. Meditation on God's word produced wisdom beyond the psalmist's years. And in 148 here, he says, my eyes are awake before the watches of the night. There's different times in the night that I may meditate on your promise. One of the really cool things about the word of God being the center of the loudest voice in your life is that when you understand that, you're willing to make sacrifices to put the word of God in your heart. And in this case, the psalmist would give up sleep, which most of us would opt not to do that, to get the word of God in us. But he's willing to sacrifice. What do you sacrifice to exercise? What do you sacrifice to eat? What do you sacrifice to make sure that your work happens? What do you sacrifice to make sure your marriage works or to invest in your parenting? He's willing to sacrifice um, sleep to meditate on the word of God here. Well, I wanna get intensely practical for us as we consider what do we do uh, with this idea of the word of God being the loudest voice in your life? And I wanna walk you through just five practical things that you can do in response to God being worthy because of his word, because of who he is, um, because of what he does with his word, and because of how we should respond to his word. And these are some things that over the years I've tried to practice, and so I've been my own guinea pig on this. I want to ask you to join me in practicing this in 2021. The first thing that you need to do is identify a need or an area in your life that needs the word of God to respond to it, Okay? And so it could be for you an attitude issue that you've struggled with. It could be a specific circumstance that you're in. Maybe you're in a moment of grief or maybe you find yourself in an unknown job situation. Maybe you find yourself at odds or at angst with someone inside your family right now. Whatever your circumstance is, maybe you find yourself with everything right now and it seems to be working. Maybe that's your circumstance. And maybe there's a verse that speaks to gratefulness or thankfulness. But identify a need. Maybe it's a character area. There's a huge character gap, and everyone knows it but you. And God reminding you of who or what that thing is uh, this morning. Uh, secondly, identify a verse that speaks to that specific area of your life, and then let that verse be the loudest voice, if you will, in that space for you. Uh, then get the verse in front of you. Uh, get the verse in front of you and keep it in front of you. And so I wanna, I'm going to invite you into some things that I've navigated over the years as ways I've tried to apply this and um, let the, the Word of God be the loudest voice in my life. And so years ago, and it mainly began when we started having small children around the house. We had three under five, and, uh, and I was uh, doing college ministry at the time. And, uh, and I found myself coming home uh, emotionally tired, and my wife, Pam, 
awesome job raising our boys, but having three under five, is, it can be a challenge. And some of you have had more than that, and, and you understand what that context is like. And, and I found myself in my emotional weariness and in my frustration and in my OCD tendencies, I've shared this with many of you before, um, acting out in anger or lashing out with harsh words so as to control our home. And I realized the very words that were coming out of my mouth were robbing the joy in the environment in our home, and they were hurting instead of helping or building up. And so I identified an area of need in my life. I had a character issue. It was called anger or the inability to control this right here, the tongue. And I began to take scripture passages. I would write them on a note card. I actually brought a few in here with me. I know this is old school. And I would write them on a note card, and I would put them on the dash of my car so that I would see these verses on my way home from work. Uh, verses like uh, James 1, 19, tw- uh, 19, 20, and 21. The anger of man does not produce the righteous life that God desires. Uh, Proverbs 15, 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And I began to let God's word be the loudest voice in my life on the way home. And I would literally mutter God's word under my breath as I walked through the garage into the door. And so some of you, you live this moment. But I needed God's word to be the loudest voice in my life in that moment so that the voice that they got when they walked in was one of grace and compassion and empathy and a dad who was enjoyable to be around would mutter those words under my breath, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. That's an area that I needed help in. What's your area? But I would get that verse in front of me on the way home. Also invited others uh, to pray that verse into my life. And so I wasn't alone in this battle. Get a friend praying a verse into your life, praying the very words of God. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to change the child of God. Get someone praying that verse. Keep it in front of you. Let's let 2021 be a year of transformation. From the loudest voice being the things outside to the loudest voice being the thing inside of you, the implanted word of God. I know another area of my life I think that, would, that I needed help in that maybe some of you battle that I was able to apply this in as well is the area of materialism. You know, I've had seasons in my life where what I've had was never enough. Seasons where I was discontent with what God had given me. Seasons where uh, no matter whatever I purchased or whatever God had put in front of me, it just wasn't enough. And so I took that time and I took God's word in Luke 12, 15, where he says, be on guard against all forms of greed and covetousness. For man's Life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And I would mutter that verse under 
my breath, and I would speak God's word to myself, and I would put it in front of me. And that became the loudest voice in my bout with materialism. I don't know what your battle is right now, but let's let God's word be the loudest voice in 2021. Who's been your loudest voice this year? What's been your loudest voice? Maybe better said, what lies have you believed about yourself that aren't true? that have been the loudest voice. Uh, Worldly values or ideas or concepts that are not biblical, have you allowed to creep in and begin to dictate decisions that you make and how you go about making them independent of the scriptures? Maybe some of those ideas have been your loudest voice this year. Let's let the word of God this year be our loudest voice. Well, Father, thank you for the goodness and grace of your Son on our behalf. Uh, Thank you for his work on the cross to give us hope and joy uh, this season. Uh, Father, thank you um, for the sweetness and richness of your word. Thank you for rescuing me out of my own um, stale, dry, numb experience and giving me joy and delight as I've seen your word transform my heart and my mind. God, I pray that would be true of each person in here, that each person in here, the first thing they see, the first words they speak to themselves each day would be your words, your true words that reveal your character, your path for us, and how we respond to our daily situations. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace and your scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us as we sing, celebrate the goodness of God and his faithfulness? Darkest night, you are close like.
year that's been filled with grief and loss, maybe moments of joy in a strange and unusual year, as we look forward in hope to 2021, it's fitting that we end with this song, All Glory Be to Christ. There's only one who's worthy of our glory, only one who's worthy of our affection. So let's sing to him together. Should nothing of our effort stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house in vain, its builders strive to
together today. If you'd like someone to pray with you or you'd like to take communion, uh, it's right out those doors to my left, to your right. And we're so glad you were here. Happy New Year. You're dismissed.